1: today on Cornerstone Connection with Pastor Gary Hamrick. Real love is calling, opens up your eyes. Mercy is for with every
2: sunrise. God has no barrier on his end. He has no problem with communication on his end, but we do. And there are times that perhaps you've struggled to say something and communicate in a way that really expresses your heart God gives some people the gift of tongues as a way to bypass now hear me on this it's not like you're checking your brain at the door but it bypasses the intellectual barrier to be able to express your heart and feeling and emotions directly to God without the restriction of language
1: This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through 1 Corinthians. Have you ever struggled to find words to express how you're feeling? Your heart is capable of a vast range of emotions and no human language could adequately convey them all. As Pastor Gary confronts the subject of speaking in tongues in today's message, He helps us see the spiritual value of this mysterious gift. It isn't something you need to seek after, but if God blesses you with it, it should only be used publicly if it edifies the church or privately if it can help your hearts overcome the barriers of language. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 12, as he continues his message Gifts of the Spirit, part 3. Oh.
2: give you a couple of verses just so we understand. First of all, right here in Acts 2.11, the the bystanders heard them declaring the wonders of God in their own native language. So there you have an evidence that the gift of tongues used in praise. They're worshiping God and the bystanders hear them declaring the wonders of God. But we also see references. Here's a reference, Ephesians 6.18. Ephesians 6.18, Paul says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. It is possible to pray, to have a, a language unknown to you, but you're praying to God in this language, and it is used for the purpose of praise and prayer. Also, Jude, verse 20 and 21, Jude writes, But you, dear friends, build yourselves up in your most holy faith and pray in the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul actually combines these two purposes of prayer and praise when he describes his own experience and his own practice of this gift, in 1 Corinthians 14, listen to verses 13 through 15. Paul says, For this reason, anyone who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret what he says. For I pray in a tongue, Paul says. But my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. Because See, he's saying, I don't understand what I'm saying in this other language. So what shall I do? Paul adds, I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my mind. I will sing with my spirit. Do you hear him talking about praising with tongues? But I will also sing with my mind. So in other words, what he says is, he prays to God and praises God in an unknown language because God has given him that particular gift. But he says, I don't understand what I'm always saying. So I pray for interpretation. He may or may not get the interpretation. So he says, sometimes I pray in an unknown tongue and praise in an unknown tongue, and sometimes I pray in my own native language, so I know what I'm saying, and I praise in my own native language, so I know what I'm saying. Tongues is not this ecstatic utterance, like all of a sudden it just overtakes you, and then you start talking another language, like you're, like you're trying to get a check cashed in the bank line, and all of a sudden you start speaking in another language. Stop that. <laughs> That's not the way the gift of tongues operates. It's not this ecstatic utterance that all of a sudden you have no control over, and now you're just speaking some unknown language, you know, and other people are walking by. You're like, what in the world is your deal? Well, your deal is it doesn't work like that. You have control. The spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. Paul says here, sometimes I pray with my, with my spirit in tongues, in other languages. Sometimes I pray with my mind. Sometimes I praise with another language, with the gift of tongue, with my spirit. And sometimes I praise in my own native language. Okay, so those are the purposes praise and prayer, but now again, why? Why? All right. Language, I think we'd all agree, is a wonderful thing that God has given us. Words matter. And the ability to commute, uh, to communicate. See, I can't even do it. The ability to communicate and to use language in a way that expresses yourself one to another. But words and language can also be a barrier. Uh, some of you who have married someone, uh, and they don't speak their, their native language. is not your native language. And you've had to each kind of learn each other's languages. There's sometimes you, you notice that kind of language barrier in your own home from time to time, perhaps, or if you have a friend who doesn't speak your language very well and, 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 uh, you don't speak theirs very well, sometimes connecting sometimes, you know, finding the right words can be sometimes difficult. So language is beautiful, but language can sometimes be a barrier uh there are There are gender differences in the ways people communicate, in case you haven't noticed either it's called marriage, and don't you wish that you had the gift of tongues to uh, to you know be able to speak and communicate to your spouse wouldn't that be wonderful? and then that they had the gift of interpretation to know what the heck you were talking about. Okay, so the point is this: language is a wonderful thing, connects people communicate, people understand each other, but it can language and words can also be a very difficult thing. Has anybody here, just honest admission, honest admission, has anybody ever said something and you were totally misunderstood no matter how good you tried to say it? Let me see your hands. All right? So you know what I'm talking about, right? No matter how well you tried to say it, it was just misunderstood and then hopefully you were given the chance to re-communicate it and try to clear it up. All right? So we all understand the benefits and the barriers of language. When it comes to Our communication with God, God has no barrier on his end. He has no problem with communication on his end, but we do. And there are times that perhaps you've struggled to say something and communicate in a way that really expresses your heart. God gives some people the gift of tongues as a way to bypass. Now, hear me on this. It's not like you're checking your brain at the door, but it bypasses the intellectual barrier to be able to express your heart and feeling and emotions directly to God without the restriction of language, to that, to you as a person. So, God then gives you the ability to speak in a language that helps you to communicate and express yourself to God without having to fumble through words. This is where the Spirit of God then can translate, God's Spirit within you can translate the deepest feelings, thoughts, and emotions and translate it by His Spirit to the heart of God through language that is not restrictive to you. Because you don't even, frankly, know what you're saying. But as you pour out your heart, there is this connection with God in a way that now your feelings and emotions connect with Him, and you don't even have to know what you've said necessarily. You just know that sense of you have communed and connected with God. Now, this again is one of those gifts that is somewhat controversial, and I'm going to, in a moment, talk about... Some important points about this particular gift, but I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna interject my story and in, in, and I don't you know, I don't usually talk about this and frankly we don't you know talk about the gifts of the spirit except when they come up in scripture necessarily so I may only tell this story like once every nine or ten years. This is one of these particular gifts that I, you know I remember early in my Christian life just asking the Lord for. I think quite honestly I was asking the Lord for this gift because I heard it talked about so much. And to be honest, I I almost was kind of guilted into it because some people thought that if you don't speak in tongues, that it is somehow a statement that you're not all that spiritual. And frankly, some will say that you're not even saved, which I don't agree with, okay? But I remember seeking the gift of tongues and, um, and just wanting the ability to communicate with God in a way that transcends and bypasses my own language. And so um, all kinds of things go, go on when people, you know, talk about the gift of tongues. So let me tell you, I had people sit me in a chair. Some of you know where I'm going because some of you had this experience too. We're going to sit you in a chair and we're going to lay hands on you and we're not going to stop until you start just speaking in tongues. You know, I, somehow I don't see that in Acts chapter 2. You know, but I would do it anyway, and then you know, at the end, I think people are just so frustrated because I wasn't doing anything. They're like, "All right, well, we're just, we'll try it again tomorrow." All right, let's try tomorrow. <laughs> and so it was just one of those things, where just you know, like I, I don't even know. And then, and then when you, and then when you do start to think that you have the gift, then you begin to wonder, "Do I really have it?" Because this doesn't make any sense to what I'm saying anyway. And so it's just one of those very frustrating things. And so eventually it got to the place where I really believed. Now, I didn't have one of those moments where tongues of fire and a wind blowing, you know, in my room and stuff. But it was just one of those moments where I can't explain that I just felt the presence of the Holy Spirit. And I remember uttering a few phrases. It wasn't like a whole conversation. It was just a few phrases. But my biggest, my biggest challenge was, how does anybody ever verify that this is legitimate, because you can't. Uh, and, and so I remember thinking this, and then that's when I heard Pastor Chuck say, in his wonderful voice that he had, he was like, if you have the gift of tongues, the gift of tongues is an insult to your intellect. I'm like, fine, now I understand. This is rather insulting, but I'm just going to continue to go with it, because even though it's an insult to my intellect, I believe that this is a language that God has given me to connect and commune with him. So here's what happened. So I'm going to go back now about 20 years when all of this happened in my life. And um, we had just started Cornerstone a few years before that. And at the time, we rented church offices on the east side of town, uh, right on the outskirts of town. And um, I'm in my office one day, and I'm just, you know, in there studying, and the guy from Paramount Pest Control comes through the office building because we're just renting this office. And so, you know, the landlord is time, time to spray the offices down for bugs. And so this guy's coming in. He's like, knock on my door. Excuse me, do you mind if I spray for pests in your, in your office? No, fine, come on in. So he's, he's doing his thing. And he, and he sees, you know, some pictures on my wall and he begins to tell pretty quickly that I'm a Christian. And so he, so he says to me, are you a Christian? I said, yeah, I'm a Christian. And um, he started asking me questions about, about the Lord. And I said, why don't you sit down for a minute? Let me hear your story. So this is one of these encounters where, like, I was totally unprepared for, but this is, this is a you know, unique thing that happened in my life. So he sits down, and he starts telling me his story. He says that he's Native American Indian. And I said, what tribe? Now, I cannot honestly remember what tribe he told me. I think he said Cherokee, but I don't remember. So he said, that's my background, and um, that's my heritage. And so we're talking things, you know, spiritual. So I'm like, well, tell me about your what is your spiritual background? I just, you know, I was looking for language to try to get into. Where is he in terms of his beliefs, and does he understand who Jesus is, and all this kind of stuff? So he says, "Well, you know, my spiritual background is basically that we would practice spiritual, what we would call spiritual refuge, in a sweat hut or a sweat lodge. As some of you might be familiar with this practice among Native American Indians, where they, they, it, it, it's practiced in a few different ways, but generally, a little sweat hut or a sweat lodge." is something that is built using uh, flexible limbs. It's usually a small thing like a tent covered with animal hides. They, They heat up large stones in an open fire outside of the tent, outside of the hut. And then when they get these stones red hot, they bring them into the hut. And then usually it's men just in the hut or a a single individual in the hut in his case he said there I was this single individual and I said well tell me the whole thing and he said I went in there he said you stripped down naked I got in there naked and they they, they put the hot stones in there and then we just sweat all right so this is it was fascinating to me just to kind of learn about his culture I said "And then what do you do and he says and then we pray okay so and then you pray he says yeah we pray And I said could would you mind I just want to hear it I want to hear your prayer And so he says, yeah, sure, I'll just recite to you a common prayer that we pray in a a sweat lodge. And he prays. And as he's praying, I'm hearing some of the phrases that I would pray using the gift of tongues, which bothered me. (laughs) Why did it bother me? Because I'm now thinking, great, I've been praying to the great spirits of the totem pole. (laughs) And I started thinking of all that. He's, he's worshiping Mother Earth. And I've been praying to Mother Earth and the totem poles and the spirit of the great eagle. You know, I mean, I mean that's the kind of thing that's in my mind, at least. And so as he's praying this, I'm, I'm like, oh, no, I don't have the gift of tongues at all. I've been praying something demonic, you know, and I just and I haven't really understood. And so as he's praying this, then I say to him, I say to him, all right, could you please translate that for me? And he translates. And I'm happy to report that as he translated, it was something that you could have read in the Psalms. It didn't talk about totem poles or the great spirits of the eagles, or it didn't talk about Mother Earth. It talked about the Creator. It talked about walking the path towards you. It talked about worshiping the One who has made the heavens and the earth. And it was this beautiful prayer that would have been very generic. It sounded like it could have come out of the book of Psalms. And that was the Lord's confirmation for me, that these phrases, these expressions, these words are actually from me so that you can communicate with me even though you don't understand what you're saying. Now, friends, that's my experience. I don't expect you to have to have the same experience. God brought along a guy with paramount pest control to confirm to me what I had been wondering. And that's my story. It is something very private for me. Like I said, outside of nine or ten years at a time, I never tell this story. Um, because it's private, It's, it's a prayer language, it is a language of praise. There are times that we can be worshiping the Lord together and someone might have the gift of tongues next to you and they're just quietly, privately praising God in that language that God has given them. This is not for show, it is not to impress people, it is not to say anyone is more holy than anyone else or any more gifted than anyone else. In fact, I've even sometimes contemplated whether God has given me that gift because I don't talk good enough and can't connect with Him well enough to be able to have language that communicates effectively enough. So who knows why He does give that gift to some and not to all, but that is an important distinction as well because I've heard too many people who go around touting the gift of tongues as the evidence for the, for the baptism of the, Holy Spirit, of, the, of the Holy Spirit. It is not the evidence. It can be a evidence, like any of the gifts, but it is not the evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we will talk about what that is. But I first want to share with you six particular rules. And I'm sorry it sounds like this, but these are right out of the instruction here. You can go back now to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and we're going to be glancing also at chapter 14. Six particular rules for the gift of tongues in corporate worship. Because this is a very unique gift, uh, it is important to understand what does the Bible say about its proper use and function. So, again, for those of you who like to take notes, here are the first three rules. First one is that the gift of tongues is not preferred, it's not preferred over personal use and private devotion of prayer. Here's the verse. Go to First Corinthians chapter 14. Let God define it better than what I have. In First Corinthians 14, verses, uh, verses 18 and 19. Paul writes this, I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words to instruct others than 10,000 words in a tongue. All right? So in corporate worship, it is not preferred over personal and private devotion and prayer. Secondly, on the list here, it is not preferred around unbelievers or those who do not understand. I also here in First Corinthians 14, look at verses 23 to 25, where Paul writes, "...so if the whole church comes together, and everyone speaks in tongues, and some who do not understand, or some unbelievers come in, will they not say that you're out of your mind? But if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in... While everybody is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all. And the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. And again, the gift of prophecy is the foretelling of the declaration of God's word. It's what happens typically when we study the Bible and preaching goes forth from the pulpit. It's, It's really prophesying. It's declaring God's divinely inspired word in the hearers of people. That is what will convict people and bring people to the place of, contrition and humility and brokenness before God. The gift of tongues, Paul says here, not preferred in the corporate setting. Some who are unbelievers or some who come in and they are believers but they don't understand, they're going to think you're crazy. Now I know this is where some of my charismatic friends will differ with me. There are some churches that are known as Pentecostal and Charismatic, and and the gift of tongues is expressed in the corporate worship service. And some people will ask me from time to time, you at Cornerstone Chapel, you guys are kind of a weird mixture. You believe in the gifts, but we don't see them operating in the church service. Well, first of all, the gifts of the Spirit can be operational in the church service at any given time, but the gift of tongues in particular is one of the gifts that is not operated in the corporate setting, in the corporate worship service. Why? Because of what Paul writes right here, under the inspiration of the same Spirit who gives the gift. He says, if people are speaking in tongues, people who come in that aren't saved and don't understand are going to think you're crazy. It doesn't make much sense for people to come into a worship service and everybody around them is speaking in different languages while they're standing there going, what in the world is happening with these people? All right, it just, and it makes some practical sense. Now, again, my charismatic friends who are a part of different denominations that want to defend it differently will practice it differently. But our conviction here at Cornerstone is, this is a gift that Paul says is more for your personal, private, devotional life. He says, I speak in tongues more than anybody else, but in the church, I would rather speak five intelligible words than 10,000 words in a tongue. Don't use the corporate church setting as a place for this particular gift to just be freely exercised. He says, there needs to be some limitation to this. Otherwise, people are going to come in and think that you're out of your mind. Number three, he does say that also it should be limited to two and no more than three. In chapter 14, verse 27, he says, If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or at most three should speak one at a time, and someone must interpret. That leads us also to point number four. One of the rules of the expression of the gift of tongues is that it must be accompanied with the gift of interpretation. That's what we just read. Also, if no one is able to interpret, the speaker should be silent, is what he writes in chapter 14, verse 28. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and God. And then finally, number six, it it should not be forbidden when exercised among believers with limitation and interpretation. And that's what he writes at the end of this uh, chapter in verses 39 and 40, when he says that therefore, my brothers, be eager to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues, but everything should be done in a fitting and orderly way. Now, at that point, some of you might say, well, obviously, then, if it's not to be forbidden, how can you say that it shouldn't be expressed in the corporate church setting? Because the corporate church setting also has different facets to it. So, in other words, here at Cornerstone, if you happen to have that gift, in the general worship service, it's not the place for it to be exercised, not publicly. You could privately, as we're worshiping in our worship time, you could be privately singing in your own you know, a tongue that God has given you without a distraction to other people, letting it be just a private time of praise between you and the Lord. But otherwise, if the gift of tongues is to be exercised and with interpretation, the other facet to the body of Christ is not just the church corporate worship setting, but it can also be small group settings. And in a small group, like a koinonia group, where everybody's a believer and everybody understands what is going on, then there can be some liberty because it shouldn't be forbidden. But even then, it must be two, no more than three, and always with interpretation. And if someone doesn't have the gift of interpretation in the group, then the one who's speaking should be silent and pray for that person to get their own interpretation. I mean, God's given the instructions in the handbook here. But when it comes to this gift, we have to be cognizant of the fact that even Paul warns us in the corporate worship setting where people come in, they're going to think you're a little nuts if you start praising God or praying in a different language. And everybody's doing that, it's going to seem a, seem a little chaotic. So there's some proper boundaries, uses, times, places, not to be forbidden, but to be exercised with limitation and always with interpretation.
1: Jump in and you'll find the your connection run towards your new We hope today's message from the book of 1 Corinthians has blessed you and drawn you closer to Jesus. Pastor Gary has more to share, but this is where we need to end for today. Feel free to read ahead before you join us next time on Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this message again or explore other teachings from Pastor Gary Hamrick, just visit cornerstoneconnection.cc. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc. You can even download our mobile app to stay connected to the truth of God's Word everywhere you go. If you're in the Leesburg area, you're invited to join us for our weekly gatherings at Cornerstone Chapel. Come by on Sunday or Wednesday to spend time in worship, Bible study, and fellowship with your brothers and sisters in Christ. You'll be able to find service times and directions on our website. Again, that's cornerstoneconnection.cc or give us a call we can be reached at 703-771-1500. And when you call, please let us know how we can be praying for you. That number again is 703-771-1500. Would you pray for us too? Please pray that we keep our eyes always on the truth of who God is and that we move forward only by His power. Thanks for praying and thanks for tuning in today to Cornerstone Connection.
0: They say
2: you're a wandering soul, that like you've got no place to go, but still, you know, but still you know. you're not alone.